Today, our guest is Brian Siegel. For 14 years, he has been director of the Miami and Broward Regional Office of the AJC, the American Jewish Committee. Brian is responsible for developing ties and working on policy issues with international leaders, as well as ethnic and religious government officials and community leaders. Brian is a life member and former term member in the Council on Foreign Relations and a Florida Advisor Board member of the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition. Today, we will take a look at the AJC and the work it does. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we discuss Miami's international relations. We will showcase Miami's international diplomatic and business landscape and get to know the innovative startups calling Miami home. Meet the people behind the organizations that contribute to Miami's commercial and cultural international growth. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Alejandro. Happy to be here. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. It's, uh, how's everything over there at the AJC? You know, working hard, uh, especially in this new uh, environment in which we find ourselves uh, in the middle of coronavirus. But, uh, you know, the work doesn't stop, and, and so neither do we. Yeah, same here. Same here, nonstop. And thanks to the technology, we can continue the work. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You are originally from? I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, born and raised. Uh, and you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting way to grow up, uh, part of a small Jewish community in Birmingham, uh, where, you know, you learn, uh, how both to stand up for yourself, but also to learn about others and to listen, uh, and, you know, growing up in Birmingham, of course, you know, you learn a lot about the civil rights movement. Uh, you learn a lot about the history of of that city, and you know I think for me it, it really informed a lot of of who I am and what I wanted to do with my life in terms of uh, advocating on issues that are important to me. From over there all the way down to 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 South Florida, Miami. How did that come to be? How how did you end up out here, in Miami? Sure. Yeah, it's a long uh, winding road. So uh, from from Birmingham, I went off to the University of Texas in Austin and uh, spent my undergraduate years there. Uh, I had done a lot of work in Birmingham on uh, racial and ethnic relations while I was in high school and was really fortunate to participate in some programs, uh, leadership programs. And so when I went to the University of Texas in Austin, I, I really um, jumped right into that work and also focused uh, on that as a as my academic pursuit in terms of learning about racial and ethnic relations in the United States, uh, which which became my major through a humanities program, and uh, really fell in love with Austin uh, and with the University of Texas. Uh, got very involved in uh, student leadership groups and on campus. And ended up staying for another three years for law school at the University of Texas School of Law, uh, which was also a great experience and and really helped me even further uh, learn how I could be a, an effective advocate. Uh, and also gave me some great opportunities. I was able to study for a semester in London at University College London, 
and travel throughout Europe to to really uh, see and learn about different cultures and different countries and histories. And it really created a, a, a curiosity for me uh, in terms of learning about other cultures and, and other countries. Okay. And then you ended up here in Miami with the AJC always, or were you here before the AJC? So I, so I, um, after my law school career, I practiced law in Dallas, Texas for a few years. And then I decided to go the route of international affairs and international law. I spent another few months in London doing a fellowship in the British legal system through the American Inns of Court. And that was fascinating, getting to work with British barristers and judges. Uh, and then my wife and I uh, moved to Israel for a year. And she was studying for her first year out of five years in rabbinical school to become a rabbi. And I was doing a fellowship, a fellowship called the Derot Fellowship, which selects a small number of uh, North American uh, Jews um, to work and study in Israel for a year uh, in order to learn more about Israel. So I was fortunate and got to study at Hebrew University and take classes in international affairs. And I was able to work part of the time for a, an NGO, a non-governmental organization called the Israel Democracy Institute. And the other half of the year, I was able to clerk uh, for the chief justice of the Israeli Supreme Court. So that was a, a tremendous experience and really uh, opened my eyes to, to really some amazing things that were happening um, in Israel. It was also a, a time when the world was changing. And so uh, you had, of course, in the United States, it was the time 2001, 2002. So it was 9-11 uh, in the United States. And it was Uh, a lot of violence in Israel related to what was called the Second Intifada, an uprising, uh, when there were tensions between Israelis and Palestinians and, and terror from certain um, uh, factions within the Palestinian community. And so it really changed my mind in terms of what I wanted to do. I had been on this legal track and And I realized I wanted to, to focus on issues of advocacy for Jewish community, for Israel, for democracy and human rights. So when, when my wife and I moved back to the United States after that year, we moved to New York and we spent four years in New York. And uh, after another brief stint at a law firm uh, in New York, I made the switch over to working for AJC in the New York office, which is our headquarters. And I was uh, the assistant director for intergroup outreach, so reaching out to other ethnic and religious groups. And you know, it was a it was an amazing experience. I got to travel to Rome to meet with officials in the Catholic Church. I got to travel to Cape Town, South Africa, to help put on a conference uh, for leaders in the Jewish community and Catholic uh, Church in the Vatican um, on how religious voices can help in the battle against HIV AIDS. Uh, it, it was really fascinating. And when uh, my wife finished her rabbinic studies in New York, uh, we looked around the country to see where we might want to go. And we discovered Miami, 
it was it was a great timing, uh, both for her career and my career. And Miami was never on our radar screen. We didn't really have many friends or family here. We had a few a few of each of those, but um, hadn't really ever been here. And when we came down and visited, we realized a couple of things. Um, number one, it could be a great place to raise our kids. And we were in a one-bedroom apartment in New York. So we were pretty much ready to, to leave Manhattan. Um, and we also realized that Miami was really a unique place. It kind of combined the global city with lots of cultural opportunities uh, with somewhat of a feel of a small town where my wife's from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I mentioned I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. And so it really was kind of a great combination of, of both of those things where we felt we could have a community and yet there would always be interesting people to meet and great conversations and, and important work to do. Uh, so that, that's what led us to Miami. And you like it so far, I'm assuming? So you've been here for quite some time now, no? <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, we've been down here for 14 years. And, uh, you know, like, like everything, it, it, I think Miami is an acquired taste. Uh, it, it took me a few years to kind of get acclimated. But one of the things I always loved from the very beginning was that other, different from some of the other places I've lived, you know, when people, when I would reach out to people, you know, leaders of this community, whether that means elected officials or corporate leaders or, you know, leaders in the international affairs arena, academic, you know, people were very open to, to taking a meeting, you know, very busy, uh, you know, influential people. And yet they would have the meeting. And once they can determine, you know, that you're someone who wants to do good things for this community and beyond, uh, you know, it's, it's a place where doors open uh, as opposed to a lot of other places where doors close unless you have some sort of uh, in. And so that was something I loved right away about Miami was the willingness of people to, to take a chance on folks um, who are new to the community. And so, uh, so it, yeah, it certainly, uh, it certainly took some adjustment just getting used to, to Miami as a different kind of place than any of the other cities I'd lived in, even New York and London and Jerusalem, um, but certainly different than Birmingham uh, and Austin. Uh, but yeah, we've we've really enjoyed uh, being in Miami and raising our kids here. Uh, we think it's a, a great place. You know, again, I can talk a little bit about why it's so great for me in terms of running AJC, but on a personal level, it's it's been great as well. So diving into the AJC, now I'm glad that uh, we can talk a little bit about, you know, why, why Miami is important for you, which is good because... You know, we, we want our listeners to know that Miami is a great place to do business, to to grow your family, to to build community. Uh, so the AJC is the it's the Global Jewish Advocacy, right? That's the main mission of the AJC. Well, so that's a, I would say more of a description of of AJC. Uh, so. You know, AJC is the leading global Jewish advocacy organization. We have unparalleled access to government officials, diplomats, world leaders, and through these relationships and our international presence, uh, 
as well as our domestic presence, you know, 22 offices in the United States, AJC is really able to uh, have an impact on opinion and policy on issues that really matter, things like combating rising anti-Semitism and extremism, defending Israel's place in the world, safeguarding the rights and freedoms of all people. And that really is is sort of the, the basis also of our of our mission, which, you know, is essentially to, you know, advocate for and enhance the well-being of Jewish people around the world, uh, defend Israel's right to peace and security, and to advance democratic values and human rights for uh, everyone. What can, can we dive into them a little bit? Absolutely. Can we start with combating the rising um, anti-Semitism and extremism? Certainly. Um, you know, it's unfortunately the, you know, the Jewish people have been uh, subjected over, um, you know, millennia to different forms of hatred. And, you know, unfortunately in our own time, we're again witnessing increasing divisions in our own society and, 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 you know, of course in Europe and in other places and the fraying of, of social fabric. And it's of course at a time when we all need to be pulling together as a nation and as a world. And unfortunately we're confronting hate directed at the Jewish community as well as hate directed at other communities. And, and that's AJC's um, really one of the fundamental uh, premises of our work, which is, you know, we know as a Jewish community, we have to stand up for ourselves and for uh, Jewish brothers and sisters all over the world. But we also know that our fate is linked directly to the fate of other minorities. And so as we see any form of persecution, um, bigotry, you know, uh -huh. aimed at, at different communities, we know that we have to speak out um, and speak up. And, and that's what we've done for our, since our founding in 1906. So we're an organization that's been around for 114 years and really played a role in many uh, of the important outcomes as it relates to human rights and, and advocacy uh, on behalf of the Jewish community. And so I think the need is, is as great now as it, as it ever has been. Um, so we're, we're working in many ways to, um, you know, to tackle the issues that we're seeing this surge in hate and the surge in anti-Semitism, uh, you know, coming from various sources, including the far right, the far left, uh, extremist ideologies, so, you know, we really believe that, you know, it, it's it's something that um, we have to face as a society. Uh, we have to help our allies and friends uh, when they are being confronted with uh, challenges and hate directed at their community. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really where AJC's uh, one of AJC's main areas of focus right now. How can people listening get involved if, if it could be a Jewish person listening that's maybe interested in Miami or somebody in Miami living already or or just maybe students interested in, in, in human rights? Um, is there a particular way 
people could reach out and get involved or what, what are some things that people can do on their own to contribute to these initiatives? Sure. To, to well, so number one, I encourage everyone to go to our website, ajc.org, uh, learn a little bit about the work that's been done and, and is being done. Uh, you know, even before coronavirus, you know, we were seeing uh, attacks against Jewish communities. Um, and now during coronavirus, you know, there's, there's even more sort of conspiracy theories. So it is a good time for people to learn, to, to get involved. Uh, one way they can do that, and they'll see this on our website, is we host regular conversations with uh, world leaders and experts. It's through uh, something we call AJC Advocacy Anywhere. So we've hosted uh, sessions, uh, Zoom sessions with uh, leaders from all over the world, all over Europe, uh, the Gulf, uh, the Persian Gulf, um, really uh, throughout Latin America. So it's a, it's a great way to learn about international affairs and issues that are happening broadly and specifically on issues relating to Jewish communities, to Israel, um, but also on issues of democracy and, and human rights. So I would encourage everyone to look at those um, opportunities to learn because I think, you know, getting different perspectives and learning is, is for sure the, the first step. And then, of course, you know, we welcome involvement. We work with allies from different communities. We have a Muslim Jewish Advisory Council. We work with our friends and partners in the Muslim community who've also been subject to um, bigotry and, and hate. We uh, do work building relations with the African-American community, with the Latino community, uh, really trying to find those that common ground, but also just learn about each other and get to know each other. It's a, a really important part of what we do. And so uh, I would certainly welcome anyone who, who wants to learn more. Thank you. Thank you for, for letting us how we can contribute. Um, continuing talking about human rights, um, can you, I was reading some of the information you provided. Thank you very much, by the way. Can you tell us the story of Governor George Wallace? It was, in the, it, it was one of the articles you shared with me that you wrote. And your father had a, had a role there as well. Well, so, yeah, this, you know, especially now when in the wake of, of the you know, May 25th killing of George Floyd and, and the reckoning, the, the sort of looking back and trying to understand how we got to, to where we are um, and dealing with issues of racism, you know, that we, we um, you know, are now trying to better understand our history and as we look at our history, um, you know, the only way you understand that is hearing stories, uh, reading, and I encourage everyone to go back and, and try and understand, especially in the civil rights movement. And we've seen in recent days with the passing of Congressman John Lewis, you know, really these incredible legacies of people who've made our country a better place, but who have endured, you know, a lot of, of struggle. And so I grew up, as I said, in Birmingham and learning about the civil rights movement from my parents. And in particular, uh, my dad, both my parents went to the University of Alabama, and they were there in the early 1960s. 
and my father was involved in student government. He had grown up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where the University of Alabama is. And the university, like many, were was segregated. And um, so in order to um, desegregate, uh, two very brave students, uh, African-American, uh, enrolled in the university. And at that time, the governor of Alabama declared that he was not going to allow uh, the university to uh, to be desegregated. And he stood and he promised to do this, and he did stand in the schoolhouse door to try and uh, stop it from happening. And uh, the president called in the National Guard uh, to um, show that he would not allow uh, the governor to stop this from happening, that it was the right thing to do and that it was uh, the right thing to do to to remove him from trying to, to stop this from happening. And my father, uh, at the time involved in student government, and ultimately became president of student government at the University of Alabama. He was involved in going around the campus to tell student groups, you know, this is going to happen. And unlike other Southern universities that uh, created a, a violent scene when their schools were desegregated. Uh, University of Alabama should not be the laughing stock of the nation. It should really be on the right side of history. And that is how, how it happened. And the fact that it was peaceful, uh, that's not to mean it was as easy and especially for those um, brave students. Definitely. But in terms of in terms of the actual desegregation, um, it it happened, and and it um, and the folks, you know, no one rioted, no one created a, a an incident, um, and so the president, even uh, President Kennedy, even acknowledged the students at the university for that, and my dad always really was was honored by that because he felt that in some small way, you know, he had played a role. And when he went on to become the president of student government, people knew he had been involved in that effort. So they, you know, he felt that was somewhat of a vote of confidence in in the desegregation. The federal government had already like declared that segregation was not something to be allowed anymore across the states, right? But the governor was that's, pushing for it, regardless. That's correct. That's correct. The Supreme Court had already, um, you know, ruled. Um, and Brown versus the board, you know, that, that separate but equal is not, um, is not constitutional. And, and so, you know, I think that this is one of those episodes in history that we have to learn from. Uh, we have to, to remember, you know, those brave people who stood up um, and who really made a difference. And I think, again, you know, we're at this a uh, really important point of talking about these issues and listening and trying to understand how we can you know, be effective in you know helping our country to realize the the vision of America as a place of, of equality and justice. So I, I think these are are important you know historical lessons to learn, and I certainly take them you know um, you know into mind when I'm. Uh, doing the work that I do because, you know, my work involves building coalitions and alliances. And, you know, there's a saying that we have 
at AJC, which is if you want to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And that means in times of need, we reach out and we, we help those in other communities and we help our friends um, because it's the right thing to do. And because if you expect others to want to learn about your concerns and your issues, you know, you have to show uh, that same willingness. During during one of the talking about reaching out uh, during one of the hurricanes, you guys reached out and helped out a couple of communities. Or am I mistaken? Did I misread? No, you're you're exactly right. That this was after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, it's one it's one of the other things that attracted me to AJC was this understanding that in these really difficult times around the world, um, we need to to help others um, in providing. Uh, assistance and aid. Uh, it's also why I'm still involved in issues uh, related to U.S. Uh, global leadership, and especially on issues of development uh, and demo- and diplomacy, um, because I really do think it it represents the best of of the United States, and I think it's something uh, where our leadership is indispensable. And in this particular case of Hurricane Katrina, our CEO uh, knew that I had uh, family through my wife in New Orleans. And so he appointed me to be our uh, Hurricane Katrina relief coordinator. And uh, we visited the region uh, you know, many times and met with uh, leaders in the, in the Jewish community and the Christian community. Um, and we ended up uh, raising uh, over a million dollars and distributing it evenly between uh, Jewish institutions and Christian institutions and two historically black colleges, uh, Xavier uh, and Dillard University. And uh, it was it was just a terrific experience for me early in my career at AJC. And it was hands on. And we ended up, you know, not just um, allocating the funds, but taking several groups of uh, young professionals in the Jewish community from all over the country to New Orleans to do uh, relief work and to meet with uh, leaders in the African-American community uh, at Xavier and Dillard universities uh, to build those relationships. So it really was was a great um, experience and I think a great example of the type of work that that we do, which is we stand with, um, with our friends and our potential friends uh, in really hard times. And, and in particular cities like new Orleans and, and Miami, I think that this, you know, bill as well, you know, very, um, ecumenical and very, you know, where you have people of different faiths, uh, having, you know, really strong relationships and connections. And we wanted to foster that, uh, that sense. And that's, uh, that was really a, a great opportunity. So you were you were boots on the boots on the ground over in New Orleans. We did. We we brought uh, I think four or five different groups uh, over you know a, a year and a half, a two year period um, to do cleanup work. And certainly, you know, we weren't there uh, day in day out, where whereas a lot of other groups were. Um, but you know, we we tried to play uh, our part. Um, and showing that we cared and and supporting those people who really were uh, the ones who were uh, there 
um, you know, on a constant basis and trying to bring the, the, the city back to life. So, um, so we were happy to play the role we did. Is there, is there any experience or some, something that impacted you when you were there the most out of your entire experience? You know, you, you when you're, when you're in a, an area that's been devastated like that and you see how it impacts people's lives, um, it really, it really does, uh, leave an impression on you. And, you know, even my wife's grandmother's home, which had eight feet of water, um, you know, going to see that, um, and then to see the devastation just wrought on such a, a you know, large scope, um, and realize that there's real lives and meeting with the people whose lives had been, uh, devastated, um, and then, you know, trying to find ways to, to help them and uh, seeing, you know, synagogues and churches that also had been uh, really just completely destroyed by the flooding. You know, you, you, it fills you with a sense of uh, compassion and a sense of, um, you know, really uh, sadness. But at the same time, it also inspires hope because you see these really resilient, amazing people who, who would do anything to bring their, their congregation back and their institutions and houses of worship back, knowing that those are central places uh, for community and society. So, uh, so I, that's what I would say is, you know, just seeing how real lives were impacted and seeing the bravery and resilience of, of the community. Well, you were definitely doing God's work there. I mean, there's nothing more fulfilling than helping another human being through their troubles. So it must have been a, a very fulfilling experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one that, that really guided my, you know, my path in terms of, you know, wanting to focus on reaching out to other communities, um, wanting to, you know, be helpful um, you know, whenever and, and wherever we could be. So one of the other pillars that we mentioned at the beginning was defending Israel's position in the world, right? Place in the world. How, how was one of the ways that the AJC accomplishes that? Sure. Well, well, we do that in a number of ways. And, and a lot of it is, you know, talking with uh, government officials from around the world and, helping them to understand the complexities of the issues and the history, uh, which, which are all really important and a lot of times uh, are left out. And there's not a lot of context for what you hear about um, Israel in the media. And so, you know, one of the ways that we do that directly is taking uh, leaders from different fields uh, to Israel on AJC's Project Interchange. Uh, and, you know, this is a one-week experience where, you know, people see uh, for themselves the complexity of of Israel and the region in which it 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 finds itself. Uh, and this is a warts and all kind of approach. You know, we we try and in that small amount of time expose people to you know different narratives, different backgrounds, so they hear from Israeli officials, but we also take them uh, to meet with leaders. Uh, of the Palestinian Authority. We take them to meet with um, leaders from lots of different walks of life and communities because the idea is that, that Israel is a democracy and Israel 
um, doesn't do everything right, just like the United States doesn't do everything right, but that it's um, really an amazing place. And, and for the Jewish community, it's, uh, you know, it, it's our, um, our national home. And so we want people to, to get a sense of, of the place and the people and uh, the variety and diversity. And so I've, you know, been fortunate to take about nine different groups, uh, several groups of Rhodes Scholars from Oxford, and for the past five years, taking several delegations funded by the Knight Foundation uh, of technology entrepreneurs to learn about Israel and really the amazing work it's done as the startup nation, uh, the name that it's been given for uh, the incredible innovation and technology uh, ecosystem that it's built. And so we've taken uh, people from South Florida who are starting their own uh, companies, startup companies, technology companies, uh, venture capitalists, and others, so they can learn best practices and develop relationships uh, with their counterparts in Israel. Uh, but we also, again, ex- you know, want them to learn about the, the region and to learn about the complexities that, that exist um, so they can, can really have a better, better understanding. Uh, beyond that, you know, a lot of our conversations uh, here in Miami and in our 22 other offices around the U.S. and in, uh, and in our offices around the world, you know, are with government leaders, diplomats, to, to help them understand our perspective on, on Israel and on other uh, key issues. Uh, but also to listen, you know, we, we, we understand that, you know, our perspective is not the only one and we need to hear what, what others are saying. And I think that's why AJC, uh, has credibility, uh, around the world in terms of, um, our, our access to world leaders and our influence on the issues, because we know that diplomacy and, and advocacy are not a one-way street. They are, you know, it's very much about uh, th- developing that that relationship, and that is not about scoring points. That is about listening and responding to people's real concerns and and thoughts. So, uh, so I think you know we do that here in in Miami. Uh, we do that in our other offices. We do that when the United Nations uh, meets in New York. We do that with the ambassadors in Washington D.C. and in world capitals. So, um, so I, I'm always happy to play my role uh, here in South Florida, along with my board of directors. Uh, you know, we we take regular meetings with uh, the the amazing diplomats that are are stationed here in South Florida. Does your office work closely with the Israeli consulate in Miami? We do. I mean, I would say we work with closely with. Uh, you know, many different consulates. In fact, I, I just had an op-ed a week ago in the Miami Herald uh, with the German consul general talking about the need for a uh, working definition of anti-Semitism to be adopted more broadly. Uh, but to your question, absolutely. Um, you know, we we do have regular conversations with uh, the Israeli consulate here. Um, I just uh, spoke on on a webinar that they did with uh, the deputy consul general, um, but but certainly we you know we talk and we um, we have you know you know we're not connected in any in any way formally, 
but we certainly have uh, some joint um, interests and have uh, worked together on a, on a number of different issues. I'm glad that you touched on technology because um, I know that we're running out of time, but I wanted to quickly also mention tech um, because when I was working in the international relations for the city of Miami, we worked, we work a lot with the, with the consulate, with the Israeli consulate that we reached out for a lot of things. And, and we developed a, a great friendship um, at a personal level and a professional level. Um, and also there was an interesting opportunity to work with our organization called Local Tau. I don't know if you heard about Local Tau. Sure, sure. That's uh, Tel Aviv University, of course. Yes, yes. Um, and we they actually invited the director of public works and um, one of our resilient uh, team members to partake in a um, like a judging panel for startups, local startups providing solutions for city issues. And I think they were working, if I'm not mistaken, with the city of Miami Beach at the time for an issue that they were proposing to solve. Oh, that's terrific. You know, I, I think those are, you know, there's more and more collaborations and I think those are so key. And, and again, one of the outcomes of, of these uh, delegations we've taken to Israel on Project Interchange, we've seen relationship between Miami-Dade College and their idea center with Tel Aviv University. We've seen uh, Florida International University developing relationships with uh, Israeli institutions, same thing for the University of Miami. Um, and really these these connections are, are what it's all about because ultimately, you know, the knowledge that we can share and the best practices um, really will benefit, uh, you know, both Israel and Florida and Miami in particular. And so this, this work is going to continue. We're going to continue to take delegations of technology entrepreneurs um, to Israel. We're going to continue to try and uh, take some of the best thinking and best practices and experts uh, from Israel and bring them here uh, virtually for now, but hopefully in person in the not too distant future. And, um, and, and I, think it's, I think it is something unique. Uh, you know, Miami is growing in this field of, of innovation. And so, you know, we, we're happy to play a small part in helping, uh, you know, bridge that that connection awesome so can we also let um startups know that they can reach out to the ajc if they're interested in connecting with israel and with the jewish community and uh, stuff like that absolutely absolutely we'd love Great. to hear you know what people are working on and um and be helpful however we can Great, great. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's It's been great talking to you and learning about the AJC and what you guys do and how people can contribute and all the great work you guys do. Thank you so much, Alejandro. It's, um, it's really an important time to have this conversation. You know, it's it's a very polarized time, uh, but it's a time when, when we know we have to be working together. Uh, we have to... to get through this uh, time of coronavirus. We have to get through this time of, of increased tensions and, and hatred um, directed at different communities. And so, you know, that's really where, where AJC stands uh, stands, uh, and will continue to, to fight the good fight. And, um, you know, Miami is, is a terrific place to do this. I think we can be a model 
for the rest of the country and the rest of the world because we are so diverse and because we do have people who care about each other. So uh, absolutely, thank you for, for bringing me on to the show. And I look forward to having many more conversations with you. Same here. Same here. Thank you so much. Thank you.